DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, when does April seem like August? <laughs> or when does August seem like April? I already screwed it up. I got that backwards. Well, when the Jazz and the Mavericks play and Luka Doncic, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Donovan Mitchell don't play. That's when August seems like April. <laughs> well, we're going to see a lot of things here and as we finish up these uh, preliminary games. Um, and, and interestingly enough, um, you know, most everybody kind of sees that the, the Jazz are the one team that really don't really know who they're going to play yet. I mean, they, they could be playing the Clippers, the, the Nuggets, Dallas, you know, who who knows when we finally get this thing all played out. But uh, they certainly had a big week last week. And I think if you look at all the teams in the NBA right now, they're resting guys, they're taking care of guys. And, um, you know, a lot of people kind of know where they're going to fit uh, in terms of the of the tournament and what, what their seating is. Others don't. And, and the Jazz are one of those that really don't know who they're going to play. We get an idea. But... Uh, I think most important right now is I don't think there's a lot of difference between uh, a lot of these teams anyway, and you want to have a healthy team. And uh, I don't think you want to go into this situation in the coming two or three weeks and not be healthy, especially with your best players. So we're seeing a lot of movement, a lot of guys sitting, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. So the Nuggets and the Jazz on Saturday, double overtime, was just a really, really entertaining ball yeah. game. And my thought is with Bogdanovich out, and, and, and it, it's not going to change. So he's going to be out, and we'll see him next year. But in the meantime, to see Donovan Mitchell do what he did and really everything about him, I'm a big body language guy, and I think that indicates confidence. And to watch his confidence is – it's not something literally you can see, but you know it when you see it. And to see him do what he did, I thought that the opportunity to just take over and knowing that, well, I don't have my second leading score, so it's going to be me, I think really, really benefits the Jazz in the long term to see Mitchell just step up like that. Well, I think he's wanted to always obviously be the leader here. And when you have games like that, I mean, I watched him. I watched the end of that game, and I didn't see the whole game, but I watched a good portion of it. And uh, it was really clear every time there was a timeout, he's in somebody's ear, he's talking to somebody, and, and it wasn't just Rudy Gobert. I mean, it was everybody. And when you make big baskets like that, you know, guys understand. I mean, this is Donovan Mitchell's team. I mean, it's not a one-man team, but it is his team, and there's an expectation for him to step up and make those kind of plays. And when he does, it just reinforces already what we already all know and that he is the best player on this team. And it, it just creates a, an atmosphere of, uh, of leadership that guys are more prone. And, and this is a, culturally is a really good team. I mean, there's not a lot of attitude issues or problems with this group of guys. But Donovan Mitchell has established himself as being the guy on this team that takes those shots. And he made big shots. I think for me, the biggest disappointment was uh, with, you know, he, he took blame himself on shooting it too early, but I don't know if you can have that much control over those types of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I, I was disappointed in the last three seconds when, 
you know, we, we let their best player get the ball and go right to the hoop. And without, I know they spread the floor and did some things, but that was way too easy, way, way too easy. And uh, I think that game's over and they win that game if, if they come down and double or they do something different, make somebody else beat them other than a layup at the rim with, you know, just half of a second left. You know, coaching college is a different deal than the NBA, and the NBA is so matchup driven, 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 and it's such an isolation game now. But when they're having a eleven and a half minute run where they score ten points, do you like taking the ball out of Donovan's hands and letting other guys run stuff, or at least try to get the ball to him in different places? Because they still had some. I, I know they're missing Bogdanovich, and obviously that hurt, and he could have maybe gotten him some buckets in that run in the fourth quarter. But they still got Mike Conley and Joe Ingles out there, who maybe could give him a different look, break that really bad flow they had going for a while, or just keep giving it to Donovan because he's going to get hot at some point, as he obviously did. Well, I, I think you can look at that two ways. One, I would say as a coach that the more people you have involved, the better off you're going to be. And I think even looking down the road, you can make statements about Conley and Ingles, and everybody kind of – I think everybody on this team kind of understands their role. And I think Conley is beginning to accept that role and shoot that thing. He's playing with more confidence. Ingles played more with more confidence. I think everybody understands the roles and those kinds of things. So for me personally – I like to see people involved when it's coming down to crunch time and it's 15 seconds or 10 seconds. Everybody kind of knows who's going to get the ball. And then it's, it, it, you know, it behooves Donovan Mitchell that if they come and double him to make the very best pass, not to force up a bad shot. I mean, he's not doing that. But uh, I do believe that in games, especially early on in games, and I'm not even talking about just the first half, but early on in the second half, you got to get as many people involved as possible because Donovan Mitchell is going to have the full attention Every starting report is going to be about what we've got to do to take the ball out of his hands, either late in the game or late in the shot clock. And so the more confident this group is by allowing others to be participating, uh, I, I think is a benefit and is a plus for the Jazz. Uh, and, and Donovan Mitchell is a pretty unselfish guy. I mean, he, he's not going to take – he doesn't take a lot of bad shots. But I, I think getting Ingles and Conley involved in the game early and in the middle and late is always a good thing. But I think everybody kind of understands. And, and Jordan Clarkson, I mean, he's got as much – he's probably got more confidence than Ingles and Conley in terms of what he does and how he does it coming off the bench. So, uh, no, I, I like getting those guys involved. The more people involved, the better. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's Donovan Mitchell's a guy that people are going to come double. And uh, he's hard to stay in front of. I mean, it's hard to defend him in the open court or in the half court if there's not help. So you're going to see more of that. And, uh, and you know, if I'm coaching against the Jazz, it's like let's have somebody else beat me besides Donovan Mitchell. And we'll do everything I can to make it really difficult for him and make Ingles and Connolly beat me. I mean, that's kind of how you approach the Jazz. How about Portland, man? I'm looking forward to them. You think uh, – I assume they're <laughs> going to beat Memphis and get into the actual playoff. How much do you think they can give the Lakers a run for their money? i tell you what. Uh, so I, I've, it, it's a little bit stuck here because I'm obviously a Clippers fan with Paul George being there, and I've gotten to know some of the guys, and and so you know I'm, that's kind of where I'm at. But I've all you know I've been a Laker line, my, a fan my whole life, so there's part of me that really likes the Lakers. What I'm seeing right now of the Lakers is kind of scary. I mean, I honestly, 
it's uh, to watch them play right now. And I, I realize that LeBron is, it has the capacity to take over games, but they, their outside perimeter shooting is horrible. And, and I think that long term, I, I don't think they can win this thing playing the way they've been playing in these early games uh, and, and barely getting by. So if I'm Portland and I, I have a chance to play the Lakers when, and where, where the Laker guards really are really average, you know, and I mean, Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, man, if, if they're waiting on those guys, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. I mean, I'm not going to go on any further than that, but those guys aren't good enough. They're good enough to make a basket here and there and make a big play when three guys are guarding LeBron. But for the most part, their perimeter play has been bad. And Kuzma's done some really good things, but he's up and down, and defensively he's kind of a liability at times. Uh, I'm telling you right now, it would not surprise me. I don't think it'll happen, but Portland's a team that has got to be really scary for the Lakers because they've got size now, they're healthy, and it looks like Damian Lillard is, is playing with a lot more confidence here in the last couple of days. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. And I, and I know the world will see that as the Lakers are going to that, – that's a win for the Lakers, and they win a seven – you know, are they, I'm assuming they're still playing seven-game series. Yep. They haven't changed that. Yep. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't like the way the Lakers are playing. And, uh, and part of that's just a personal bias because I have a lot – my expectations of that team is – more than it is, but their guard play is, is dysfunctional. And, uh, and it's not to say that AD and LeBron can't do it on their own, and they, they may well do it on their own, but they, they are not on firm ground as far as I'm concerned. And playing a team like Portland who has nothing to lose and has really good guard play and now has bigs to guard their bigs, uh, it'll be an interesting game. So I'm curious about both the L.A. teams because with the Lakers, I'm wondering, well, were we not looking close enough when they were dominating before the break and pulling away by five games? Were we not looking closely enough? Or they miss Avery Bradley that much. He's such a glue guy. Or LeBron's coasting right now. He's just coasting. He's going to turn it up and nothing else is going to matter. And then over there, I look at the Clippers and think, they haven't had their whole group together. Will it actually be a problem when they have more guys together who want more playing time and want more shots? Or is Kawhi going to look at them all and tell them to just shut up and it's going to work out? <laughs> well, the, all of the above. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, first of all, I think, first of all, Avery Badley is. Uh, is missed defensively. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, there was a time when J.R. Smith was a pretty good defender, you know, and, uh, but th- th- defensively they do miss him and they miss his experience. So, yes, I do believe it. I also believe that LeBron is, uh, is going to be at a different level. There, there's no question about it. But at some point in time, you know, you let teams stay close enough to you, they get more confidence. And I, I just don't see – uh, a, a group of guys that has shot the ball consistently from the three that can play good teams. Now, with the Clippers, with the Clippers, you know, I, I think the biggest issue there is, you know, they just haven't been together. I still believe if they're healthy and together that they defend and can score. And certainly uh, you've got firepower there. I, I think it, it, it's a situation right now, too, with the Clippers. Get, getting Harrell in, getting him back is huge, man. I mean, he defends, he can rebound. He's a glue guy, and, and he can go for 20 a night. And so not having him, Patrick Beverly, 
you know, there he's been in and out of the lineup for injuries and a variety of other things. But at the end of the day, he doesn't have as much of an impact on a game as, as the big fellow does inside and what he can do. So when they, they can get him back and then it looks like he's there and he's, he's got a quarantine for three or four days, I still believe that uh, they're the team to beat. Uh, but you're right. Uh, not having been together and not having that chemistry, who knows? And what, the uniqueness about this thing, too, is with no home court advantage, really, somebody gets hurt, it could be way more devastating. I mean, you're up 3-2 and you're trying to close this thing out and your best player is not playing uh, and, and you're, you're the quote-unquote the home team, but playing on a neutral court, there isn't that advantage like there is in the past where you might be able to get by without a good player because of the fans and the environment and that, and everybody gets pumped up. But there's, there's not a lot of energy in that building. And so it's going to be hard to create when good players aren't playing. What do you think of these uh, college kids trying to, in, in a sense, uh, exert some leverage here and trying to make some demands in the conferences? And now we're talking about not even playing the sports. It seems like it's it's very complicated. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm uh, I, I mean, I understand that everyone has the right to um, voice their opinion, and uh, when when especially when things aren't right, and and we know you, you both know that things aren't perfect in the NC2A, all right? And and I think with all that's gone on in our in our country, um, the door has been open wide open now to express any grievance, to express any. Uh, any kind of discrimination of, of any type uh, at any level. And, uh, and I think that the NBA, you know, has done a good job in terms of their message. It's very clear. They made it very clear that this was going to be a time when they could share their feelings and the things that have gone on. I'm, I'm concerned a little bit about the process and the, you know, if we don't get our, you know, we don't meet our demands, then we're not going to play. We're not going to be a part of this. Where, you know, where is the sitting down and negotiating and having conversations? And, and maybe they are now, but it, it, it almost seems reactionary. You know, we're going to jump on the bandwagon of all of this other that's going on in our country. When, in fact, it's like, let's take a step back here. We already have a pandemic, which is driving everybody crazy. Okay. Our world is upside down as we know it in sports. And I, I think people are taking advantage of this and in a situation and a circumstance where they do have, they're entitled to a perspective. I'm not saying the student athletes are compensated necessarily correctly or always treated well or all of those kinds of things are things that they're looking for. But I, I'm not sure that with all that we got going on that in that platform, uh, and I, I think they do have leverage because there's a big question mark right now whether or not college football is even going to happen or college basketball or anything else. So, I mean, it, it feels a little bit like piling on, even though I would say this, that there are some legitimate concerns and I think they need to be addressed and talked about, but throwing it all on the top of everything else that's going on, is like the timing doesn't seem great, but they may feel like they've got the leverage. They're going to walk away from it. And I think what ends up happening at the end of the day, those student-athletes, there'll be some regret when they don't have a chance to play. It hinders their opportunities to play at the next level. And there's a lot more negative that comes out from it right now with everything else that's going on. I know all the attention's there, so they figure, hey, we got everybody's ear right now. 
let's file every grievance and every inappropriate thing that's ever happened in NC2A sports, and let's change this thing right now. And it's hard to make changes that quickly. There are changes that need to be made, but let's do it appropriately in a, in a more timely fashion rather than uh, you know putting a gun to guys' heads and saying, hey, if you don't do this, we're going to do that. So I saw a couple of uh, quotes <clears throat> tweeted out on Sunday that said uh, one was from a Power 5 AD to a national college football writer, and I forget which one, but it was you know one of the, I don't know, half dozen, dozen guys who write all the time, is that you guys are missing the point. This is not about politics, Trump, health, and liability. This is about the entire college model being threatened by this group of Pac-12 athletes, and they're going to shut it down and regroup because they don't have a strategy to 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 deal with it. And I guess the thinking right. there would be, and it's a text, so you don't get everything into it. It's a text that becomes a tweet, right? So, but it's kind of like, hey, we're already up against the wall on these health issues. We got people, you know, our regents, our faculty who think we should be playing and some who think we shouldn't. And we're in the middle of it. Now we're getting this. If we shut it down for a year, 25% of these kids are gone. And then another 25% of them will be like, ooh, I already missed one year. I don't want to miss two. We'll have the upper hand again. You buy that? Right. Yeah, you know, well, here, here's here's the deal. That may be their thinking, but uh, what you said prior to that is, is the idea that, you know, you start playing with fire here, you be careful how it impacts. Am I, is there NC2A reform needed? Yes. And, and there are lots of things that can be addressed, and not, I don't have any issue with them bringing these things up. I have an issue with leverage, and we're not going to come, and we're not going to come to the party, and we're not going to do this, and we're not going to do that. You know, where was this six months ago, nine months ago, a year? Why is it more appropriate now than it was a year ago? You know, well, it, it appears to me there's grandstanding here. There, there is jumping on the bandwagon when we, you know, we, there's so many issues going on right now in our world. I, I started looking, driving around in my community and looking at all the, the businesses, the small businesses and the people who do not have money and do not have work do not, and, and, and they can't pay the bills. Uh, there are far more important things going on in this country than what's happening to those few college student-athletes. You know, you want to, let, let's address the most important things right now. Number one, let's find a vaccine and, you know, take care of this, this pandemic and get this thing right. But uh, let's make sure that it doesn't destroy the economy of our entire country here. And I, I, I think the empathy I see as I drive around and I see people and I hear stories and I read things is, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine all of a sudden I can't make my payments. I can't pay for my house. I can't. I don't have a job. I, I, I'm getting a little bit of unemployment checks, and I appreciate that money, but I can't get by. I mean, there are people that do not have, you know, uh, COVID-19 that are really suffering because of the economy. So it's hard for me to have a great deal of sympathy. I should, have, I should always have empathy for everyone, and, and, I, and I try to. But there are so many bigger and larger things going on in this life than uh, a group of four or five or 600 college athletes in the Pac-12 who want their demands met right now. You know what, man? I want a vaccine. I want to see people healthy again. I want to see people that are out of work getting jobs. I want to see families come together and support each other. There are far more important things than, than that. And I'm not saying that they don't have value and don't have importance, but why now? Why now? You know, just the, the leveraging of it is, uh, to me, is inappropriate and distasteful. 
Steve, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, guys. Have a good week. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Jazz are back in action today as they face the Dallas Mavericks. 1 o'clock. You can see the game on AT&T Sportsnet. You can listen to it right here on The Zone beginning at noon with the pregame show. Luka Doncic, Chris Depps, Porzingis, Dorian Finney-Smith are out for Dallas. They all played 40 minutes or more in an overtime game over the weekend. Donovan Mitchell left peroneal strain questionable for today's game. Juwan Morgan is listed as probable despite a knee injury. Game tips off at 1 o'clock, pregame at noon on The Zone. This back-to-basketball update brought to you by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. been a long four months. Welcome back. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Justin Thomas, after his excellent approach shot, ran all the way toward the back of the green for birdie. Dude, you've got to be kidding me. Well... What's really said? Well, the way it fit in with the commentary from the commentator it was, was perfect. perfect. It was like it was edited right in there, right? It's a perfect pause. It slid right in. Oh, brother. Who knew that without the fans and the roar of the crowd, we'd hear other stuff that would be so good? I mean, it's, it's the reality of the world. It's life. It's real. That's what they do. It, it, if... Just that's Justin Thomas, right? Correct. Yeah, JT. Yeah. So he's in a competitive environment, and he, and he says that. It, all right, fine. I mean, does he say that uh, he's sitting at the dinner table with his parents or something? And I, I probably not. So I, I don't really have a problem with that in the competitive environment. I was it back when they used to let you go to practice. I was at a BYU practice once. And there was a kid who uh, was a player, was a nice player, great LDS kid. And something happened, and they were doing the live scrimmaging, right? And they pulled him off. We're standing over the sideline. And I remember, he's so he's running off from, like, the middle of the field to the sideline. And he probably dropped the F-bomb probably 23 times. I mean, it was the most I'd ever seen in a condensed period because he was so frustrated. And he, he just let it loose. I didn't think twice about it. I, so this is the way they talk in these environments that are so competitive with so much on the line, and they're trying so hard. But did you see, uh, who was it? Was it uh, the the Chinese guy, uh, Hao Tung? Yeah, Hao Tung. What was it? Was it on Friday? They kept showing him at the range like five hours after he was done playing? He apparently is a guy who will just hit for hours on yeah. end. Yeah. 
So my point is they put so much time and effort into this to try to succeed that to me, I don't even bat an eyelash under those circumstances, particularly when you're on their terrain. He's not in an interview situation. We're we're invading his territory, are we not? So do you think there are a lot of people who disagree with you on this? You're selling it passionately like you're trying to convince people. I think most people agree with you. No, I don't try to convince people of that. Well, DJ, you know <laughs> okay. I, and you know the school of hard knocks. Yeah, I do. I try to convince people of nothing. But don't you way, think most anymore. people are already on board with you on this? Do you, I don't yes. really think that yes. offended people. Yes. Yes. It, yes. If you ask me point blank, a yes or no, my answer to, to what you're asking is yes. I think yeah. they would be okay yeah. with it. Well, and PK, to your point about the BYU thing, I talked to a former BYU player who had a similar situation. He just started letting it loose, turns around, and there are two members of the Quorum of the Twelve from the church headquarters standing right behind him as he goes off on it. He, he turned around. He's this good LDS kid, like you talked about. He turns around and kind of goes like pale in the face, and apparently one of the leaders, he never named who they were, said, we get it. Because at no point good. in their life were they ever that frustrated. Ever. Ever. Because they're not human. And they've eliminated all human emotion and frustration and but he for was, all time. He was very embarrassed because, of course, it's church leadership. Oh, I understand his embarrassment. Sure, yeah. yeah. Oh, no question about it. I, I always thought that Byron Rex got a bad rap. At Hawaii. He, he got suspended for a game because he said something in the end zone that we can't say on the air. And, you know, if he'd been playing for any other school, there wouldn't have been microphones in the end zone on a local broadcast that would have heard it. Uh, on that, that one, is, though, wasn't he saying it to fans? He was, yes. and the fans have been so on him. Mean, it is a little different, but bleep you, bleep you all. I just, I don't know. I, I mean, it wasn't right, and it wasn't good, and you would tell your kids and your grandkids not to do it. But in the moment, I kind of get why he did it. And you know, the way he did it, he was in the end zone up, and he didn't run over to the railing and start pointing, you know. I don't know. Yeah, but see, I think BYU is different, and it's a whole other yeah, topic. Yeah, it is, and it was they also keep telling us twenty five years different, ago. Then yeah. you better be different, right? And it was also twenty five years ago, and sensibilities have changed even on the golf course in twenty five years. So I don't think they are different, but they keep a lot of them tell you that they're different. Yeah. I think they're human beings like the rest of us, yeah. prone to do stupid things like the rest of us, particularly me. So yeah, I got over it pretty quick. I remember I was actually watching that. We used to watch Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Daily Breeze late on Saturday nights. I've always yeah. thought they're an underrated television property. <laughs> just They get to play the last game and nobody complains about it. <laughs> it's like, I want one more game. Well, Hawaii will give I'm you a, one I'm more game. I'm a junkie and I watch a lot of Hawaii. I right know, now. right? <laughs> right? I, I think even now the Mountain West should be putting them on TV more. And I realize some years they've had horrible teams, but... Well, no, not, not anymore, because they are explplosive. They've got great character. They, have, they, they have, practice they have well. The practices you know, first, of it, it took me a second. Like, forcing it in, I'm like, what there's is a, he? Oh, I know what he's doing. Todd Graham, okay, there's a joke to be made here. Let's Todd go. Todd Graham joke. <laughs> I'm going to be tuning in to every uh, Hawaii, Hawaii press, press conference. conference. <laughs> Of all the teams, they're the one who's going to line up right there with UConn because they're going to have a quarantine 14 days, and I don't know how they're going to play. That, to me, seems like a completely obvious thing there, no, no matter what. And we're still waiting. Yach has been keeping on Twitter now because it's now it's 1140 in the East. Is the Big Ten going to make the announcement now? Do you think after all this hand-wringing, they won't? What if they just kick the can down the road another week or two? 
Could you stop saying kick the can? No, I like to road. say that. Okay. That's a good game. This just coming across, actually. The Whoa. Detroit Free Post saying, breaking, yeah. the Big Ten will announce Tuesday that the college football season will not happen this fall. Free press, yeah. The Detroit Free Press, yeah. Uh, well, for the Big Ten, though, but that's just them. Yep. Yeah, just the Big Ten. <sighs> I assume the Pac-12 will follow. Um there are reports that the, and I don't know, they don't go into the details here, that the, we might need to get Dr. Petron on again to uh, walk us through all of this, but reports that the um, uh, Pac-12's medical group shared concerning information with the league on Sunday night. Well, that's another story right could there. Could expedite the league's decision to postpone fall sports. Now, what is that concerning information? Is this, you know, a whole nother level, or is this something where... You know, students ought to be student athletes ought to be given the option. You know, we're talking about the Pac-12 who doesn't want to play, but you know, there's also been stuff. Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback, who's going to be the number one pick in the draft. If they don't, if there's no football this year, he just goes number one. But he's campaigning to play and rallying other players around it. Now, I, I noticed that most of the players who are rallying to play are on really good teams and want to win. Right, the, the we had one team. We had one uh, they, team they say just have a bigger voice. Well, that's true too. Um, but uh, Jay Hill and I'll take him at face value. I haven't pulled the players, but he said his players wanted to play. Well, they're picked to win the league. And then when we see a school where seventy five percent of the players don't want to play, it's the Idaho Vandals. They're not usually very good. Maybe they got a team for the ages, and I don't know it. But usually, <laughs> usually they're bottom third of the league. I think you're. Right I'm probably right about the bottom third of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Which is way down there in that conference. That's a thirteen-team league, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want you on my team if you didn't want to play. Now that doesn't mean it's the right thing to play, but I'm just saying that I would want my guys to want to play. Now they well, may not. You, but going back to what you just said, if there's some other information, that was my big question. That's my question of the morning: is what changed from the time that you said we're going to have? Uh, rivalries the first week of the season and then here's the scheduling and then a few basically uh, metaphorically speaking overnight well now we can't play anymore so I want to know what changed if something changed and we can't do it fine great well not fine but at least understandable but what changed that's my big thing I don't know what changed tell me what changed so there's one other thing to throw out there, and uh, I'd be interested to run this past, um, you know, medical people too, uh, is that um, a lot of us grew up here and, you know, the U.S. is the best, right? We've got more money. We Believing, got technology. not hearing, buddy. Okay, both. Uh, more money, more technology, medical facilities. We've got to, you know... Why aren't we doing better? You know, that why, why does there have to be a choice made about any sport? I mean, football is the sport of the moment, and it's a huge sport here. But the biggest sport in New Zealand is rugby. They have 40,000 people at games, and they've gone 100 days without a positive test. Why do we have these options? Why can't we have that option? Why can't we? If we're the best, how come we can't go 100 days without a positive test? Is it as simple as they're an island and, and easier to quarantine? I mean, they still have several million people, you know? I mean, Hawaii hasn't been able to do that. They're an island. They've got one point whatever million people. They got positive tests. How come we can't pull this off? They're playing their national sport, which I don't understand. I, I, I just don't understand rugby. I've tried to watch it. I don't get it. 
43,000 people at the game. They've played for a month now. They haven't had a positive test. Why can't we pull that off? Why, why are we having these debates, arguments, decisions, discussions? Why, why is Yach peering at Twitter and refreshing every 30 seconds? Riddle me that, Batman. Maybe we need some medical expert on to explain that to us. All right, anything else you want to bring up from today? We didn't, uh, Jazz, we spent a lot of time talking about the Jazz. Uh, we're going to be a little short on stars and uh, celebrity in this game. It's the Jazz and the Mavericks, but no Luka Doncic, no Kristaps Porzingis, and Donovan Mitchell is questionable. The other two are out. He's questionable. Oh, well, I'll just enjoy it. I wouldn't enjoy it as much, but, you know, Saturday's game was the essence of why I'm a sports fan. Yep. I mean, that was just a lot of fun, and, and I didn't bat an eyelash. I wanted the Jazz to win, but the fact is I don't live and die by it. I more live than die. I don't die at all. But I was wildly entertained, and that's the essence of sports. That's why I want college football to be played. It's why I want everything to, to go on. It's because it, it, it's purely selfish. It's for my entertainment. And that game Saturday, my gosh, that was entertaining. Mitchell, hats off to you. Boy, you, you're just beautiful. <laughs> if that's what I got to look forward to in the coming years, sign me up. <laughs> I mean, that was just a lot of fun. I think I gave you a false choice earlier in the show. I feel a little bad about it. I asked you which was more impressive, the three he hit on the inbounds play right in front of the bench on the far side or the turnaround three at the top of the key. And I should have put in there uh, not so much the game-winning layup because it was a lay- or the game-tying layup at the end of the fourth quarter because it, it was a layup. But yeah. the mid-range jumper he hit to put them up to. Now, ultimately, uh, Denver went down and tied it up and forced double overtime. Uh, but I thought that was a big-time pressure shot, and I was impressed oh, that yeah. he went mid-range. Jordan always went mid-range. You're a little tired late. Oh, he's Do you need the Jordan. three? Yeah! But, <laughs> but don't go to the hoop in traffic because they're going to foul you, and even MJ doesn't think he can get a call at the rim at the end of a game. five inches bigger than Mitchell, too. Yeah. Right, yeah. And the league's gotten taller, longer, and more athletic in 20, 25 years. What you was know? so awesome about that mid-range shot is when he shot it, I thought he short-armed it, but he still had the will to get it in because it wasn't a clean swish if you remember it sort of rattled around and when he first pulled up i thought he short-armed a little bit and i thought that in my mind i thought it might be a follow you know when he did against houston he followed dunked it Uh uh-huh and i thought maybe he might do that but it went in and i think it went in on courage and confidence will i liked your word will Will it in. Will it in. Don't allow yourself, whether you play basketball or golf or whatever, there's that moment when you wonder and then you hit a bad shot or you take a bad shot. A lot of people could make that shot and, and, oh, not make it, but they can pull up, shoot that shot. The three in front of the bench was just absolutely pure, raw athletic ability that there's hardly anybody could make that shot the way he did. That was just stunning athletic ability. But that mid-range thing to put them ahead, that was, that was will. That's what separated him. And I agree with Steve Cleveland. i got to put that loss on. I don't know why you had Royce O'Neal on Jokic. I would have I had Bradley, who you started in the, second, the start of the second overtime. I would have had Bradley and Ed Davis in there. And, and as soon as the ball went to Jokic, I would have had both those guys running at, that, at him with their hands up and cr- trying to create some line of defense, but allowing him to just go right to the basket like that was just... 
that was shocking. But nevertheless, it's one play, it's one game, it's, and move on to the next one. But that that was game surprised Saturday was, was a lot of fun. I was surprised no help came because he didn't have time to catch, no. dribble, pass, and have someone get a shot off. I know they didn't want to get beat by a three-pointer, and Jokic is a good passer, but I thought once he put the ball on the floor... He wasn't going to be able. To, there wasn't going to be time for a pass and a three pointer, and so at that point, I thought, you know, and 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 they had, we were coming out of a timeout, so I kind of thought they covered that. Maybe they just spaced the floor was too far to go, but that surprised me that he got to the rim, and there was no help. Yes, definitely. All right, DJ and PK. Uh, that is what we have been talking about during this show. It is all brought to you by Larry oh, Miller, hey. Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Locke just tweeted out, no Donovan Mitchell today. I figured when he was questionable, it was going to be an out. Now apparently it is. All right, DJ and PK, your feedback next. All right, it is time now for your feedback. Brought to you by Addy Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Addy Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Addy Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AddySaltLakeCity.com. Sniggy. Yo. I've been told I got to get a clue. You see that? No, not yet. Have either of you tried to shovel the snow out of a stadium with seats and concourse, let alone the entire field and all the parking lots? Yes, starting in the snow areas is a big deal. Get a clue, PK. I, I have to wonder, why would you be shoveling out of the top row of a stadium when no one's going to be sitting there? Oh, stop with your logic. <laughs> why would you have to shovel the parking lot? When no cars are going to be parking there. <laughs> Did you tweet that back at him? No. I'm not. Oh, come on. I'll, I'll never go back at anybody. Oh, no, that'd be great. Not on Twitter. I made a conscious decision, you know, like you did with the soccer. I made a conscious decision. Now, I didn't give a 20-minute soliloquy over it. I believe like it was did. three minutes and 20 a seconds. I was told. All the while, while I'm listening on the other end, he doesn't think I'm going to be listening. You listen all the time. I know. That's why I was shocked that you didn't think I was listening. Believe me. I didn't me. care if you were listening. I just didn't want you interrupting. Well, then, yeah, but everybody else wanted me to interrupt you to get you to shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg tweets at us, you ask why New Zealand's back to normal life and we are close. They have competent national leadership who actually dealt with the virus. Scott says they shut down their borders. They controlled who came in and out. Scott says college football is pushing sports to the spring because they're hoping for a vaccine that will CYA. Uh, is that so? That's where you're going to get a shot back in the. You're going to get it put in the A. <laughs> uh, shoulder or butt. That's your choice. <laughs> I want the vaccine both. right in my face. Just to be on the safe side. <laughs> Can you hit me in the earlobe? Ooh! Ouch! <laughs> you're trying to get an earring while you're at it. Like, Ow! Man. That's what I need. I need an earring, right? Yeah. Makes my skin crawl. DJ with an earring would be absolutely awesome. Steve tweets at us, Arizona's a goal for high school football. Grandson's a senior. He's worked his butt off for three years for this. Uh, uh, Arizona's going to play high school football? In the, in, That's in what the someone just tweeted season? at us. According yeah. to Steve. I haven't been following that. I did not know that. Uh, so good, good for them if they can pull that thing off. I know our, our schools are supposed to start this week, right? Davis and Harriman on Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night. KJS 14, TV viewing for you. Assuming the Jazz and Spurs get a day game, which I assume they will. I don't think there's going to be anything at stake. San Antonio's going to be eliminated, so I think it'll be a 1 o'clock start. 
Well, why would why would that have anything to do with it? Well, they, the last NBA game's TBD. They right. they want to put the most interesting game in prime time, but I just don't think there's going to be anything at stake, you know, as far as seating and. Yeah, matchups. I understand that, but what's relative to the high school football? I don't. Well, you'll it. watch the Jazz during the day, and then. Oh, the oh okay. You're just talking about the viewer watching yeah. it. I, I thought it was some. Viewing. Yeah, it's play, I yeah, thought it was some television yeah. thing. Now on Thursday night, there'll, there'll be a, there should be a good whatever the best NBA game is. If there's some, I, I think the two, three, four spots may be close. So some game that involves Houston, Oklahoma City, and Denver, I assume, will be in prime time. If you don't want to watch high school football, that'll be your option. Okay, David, you guys sound so ridiculously foolish. Corona doesn't kill football players. Embrace free will and stop quote talking Corona safety. Get back to what you proclaim to do and start talking sports. Unless you stop believing the lies, your job will be gone, too. Ooh, man. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Hugh. <laughs> Hugh Smith sent that in. Uh, judging by the time, that was more off the TV show last night than radio this morning, but the two weren't that different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your job will be gone, too. I know. I, want that. I don't want anybody's I, job to be gone. I know, but I've seen... Especially mine. I've seen, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I've seen jobs... I mean, this isn't breaking news. I've, I've seen layoffs since, you know, one year into my radio career. So, yeah, I'm aware. Cor- corporate America in, in the media, they, and probably everywhere, uh, they hold on to you as long as they can make more money than they're paying you. And the second that goes, whatever warm fuzzies there were, out the door, and you are out the door. My, my roommate got laid off, a guy I'd known since my freshman year of college. It was, a, it was a cold, hard world right out of the gate. It's not changing now. Different time zone, different place. That is a constant. All right, we're out of time. Scotty and Hands are up next. We'll see you.